very excited for the year. And you're right, Amy, it's going to be a very busy year with three elections in the books. Yes. Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere in the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial 102.9. Here today to kick off the new year in a new format, and I've even added a little baritone to my voice for the new format this year. <laughs> We're in the training room in the municipal building with Town and Ministry, Jamie Helen. Jamie, good morning. Good morning, Steve. People probably noticed that I have a little baritone in my voice as well. <laughs> And Deputy Town Administrator Amy Frigoletti. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing well, other than the voice, which is, you know, a little addition to this, but that's okay. <laughs> and a special guest we'll get to town clerk, Nancy Danello. Nancy, happy Thursday. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be one of the first for this pilot. And um, yeah, thank you. So good to see you. You are the first. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, know, you. Early in the year, it's going to be a busy year. Might as well start because something just happened recently, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if folks were paying attention this week, the New Hampshire primary was um, on Tuesday. And so we're kind of starting the year off with uh, getting people in tune with uh, elections that are going to be happening this year because Nancy's going to be very, very busy and she's here to kind of discuss all the elections that uh, we need to be paying attention to here in Franklin. Absolutely. And um, just an FYI, we've already started. Look what I just got. <laughs> so the ballots just came in and yes, um, New Hampshire, the election, I was watching on TV and the people, it was insane. I love it. <laughs> so I was thinking with the um, in-person early voting and the vote by mail that more people would take advantage of that. But I'm hoping that a lot of people do come out on election day to say hi and cast their vote. Um, but of course, we're going to start, actually, I've already started mailing out the absentee ballots. And um, we're very excited for the year. And you're right, Amy, it's going to be a very busy year with three elections in the books. Yes. Do you want to get into some business before we get into the prime spot? Sure. I think um, just some really quick hits of the last month. Um, number one, huge announcement this week from Governor Healy. Um, the town of Franklin was awarded eight and a half million in, um, I will say it's not direct cash. It's a lot of tax credits and um, federal, state uh, revenue sources, but eight and a half million for the Franklin Ridge Senior Affordable Housing Project, which now brings, you know, roughly the project about to the midway point from a funding perspective. This funding will last for several years. Um, we'll, uh, the money that we've already gotten, we'll be able to build the road, uh, the foundation, um, the sewer station, uh, you know, a, a pretty good sized chunk of the actual structure itself. And should keep us busy for at least a few years in terms of building those pieces. And while we continue to lobby um, everybody uh, up on Beacon Hill and in Congress for the additional funding, um, you know, people, when they see me now, uh, a lot of our elected reps go, I know, I know, Franklin Ridge, Franklin Ridge, we heard it. Um, and so I, I, I can't say enough about um, the town council has sent a letter to everybody in the federal government. Congressman Auchincloss has been a huge advocate. Uh, Jeff Roy, Becca Rausch, our former Senator Karen Spilka, 
Um, got us three and a half million dollars last year mm -hmm. uh, at Massworks, maybe two years ago. Um, so that project has taken shape, and I think unfortunately it shows just how difficult it is for local governments to build affordable housing. This is why we need the private sector to step up in a lot of ways. But um, I went to the press conference um, with the governor and lieutenant governor and secretary Augustus this Monday. Um, and, um, you know, it's very, very clear that this administration and, and the Department of Housing and Community Development um, and the staff, um, you know, uh, they really value this project. They know how hard we're working on it. And I'm sure it doesn't hurt, Steve, that uh, local product, Jen Maddox, uh, her parents still live in town, mother's mm -hmm. still active in the community, was very active in the plastic bag band. Um, Jen Maddox is a Franklin-raised uh, kid who's now the Deputy Secretary of Housing and Community Development. She's the number two person in the agency. So it's another Franklinite uh, looking out after Franklin, which mm -hmm. was really fun. A um, couple other quick hits. The town council got their goals done um, this month um, for the next two-year session. Uh, very ambitious, to say the least. Um, Amy did a fantastic job at the last meeting. Uh, Tina Powderly came in to give a presentation on the food pantry status, as well as the homelessness status in Franklin. Um, those materials will all be up online if they're not already. Um, for the migrant situation, um, great news that 80 folks were able to get worker authorization permits from the federal government um, at a clinic a couple months ago. And um, can't say enough about our Board of Health Director, Kathy Liberty, for um, coordinating a job fair down at the hotel. Um, we now can confirm Mass Hire is um, attending. Um, and again, I give it a shout out to Deputy Secretary Jen Maddox for, uh, for a little bit of a bump on that as well when we spoke on Monday. Um, but hopefully those folks that have worker authorization permits will be available to start getting jobs and putting their skill sets to work. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really great news. Um, a couple last ones. Uh, the police station building committee met last night. Um, there'll be an RFP out on the street soon to get an o, uh, to get a uh, what's called an OPM. It's really basically a project leader. Um, so by spring, um, we should have an OPM on board, and then we enter the design phase of the new police station. Which Steve, you know, Nancy, you know, we've been talking about this for years, um, and so now it's actually here. And I never do this, um, but the community should be aware. Um, it is a really good thing for Franklin. It's less about me. I don't ever like to self-promote, and I'm probably going to like puke while I'm sitting here on this call. Um, but I'm very humbled by my colleagues uh, at the MMA. They um, nominated and elected me last week to be the Mass Municipal Association Vice President for the year. And if all goes well, hopefully I'll ascend into the presidency the following year. Um, and I think, Steve, as you noted on your site, uh, Mr. Nutting was in the same position in 2008 and 2009. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully we make Jeff proud. Um, and, you know, people say, well, wow, what's what's in it for Franklin? You know, once a month, uh, the board of directors meet in Boston. Um, and luckily, this seat um, gets a chair uh, at the local government advisory council, which has been in effect for almost four or five decades. Um, and that's a seat with the governor, lieutenant governor, the cabinet secretaries, um, where they meet for three or four hours once a month to hear what local officials' concerns are. So mm -hmm. um, to have Franklin at that table and to build those relationships, hopefully, with state officials um, you know, I think the goal here is to just continue to build good relationships and partnerships with our folks at the state level and 
Um, you know, hopefully more things like Franklin Ridge funding, you know, can come into effect. Well, it's, I, we've talked, it's been a common theme about government moves slowly, but one of the reasons it moves slowly is it's truly above the, uh, for the people, by the people, et right. cetera. And those relationships, that matters. And it takes time to build those. It takes time to develop the trust. It takes time to prove that this is where we're doing. This is what we've done. Clearly, we've got a record of success, yeah. and we want to con continue to do that. So that's good. As long, obviously, we're up there on the slippery slope too, because now we can't slip. But we don't want to. We don't intend to. That's not your nature. I'll accept that challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it is. It you know, it you know, it 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 is a great representation of. It's it's not about me. It's really about the community, and it's about people like Nancy and Brutus and Chiefs and. And, and superintendent and, you know, I mean, let's be real. I mean, if, if we're cut to the chase, you know, they're not going to really nominate people um, from communities that mm -hmm. are in, in dire fiscal straits or that there's, you know, really tr challenging political stuff. So I think it, you know, it, it's really not as much about me individually as much as it is about how um, the Mass Municipal Association, um, the Managers Association, the mayors, you know, the city councils and the select boards, it's really their view of how they do Franklin. And um, one of my best friends from high school uh, is now on the select board in Clinton. And um, when we were LinkedIn each other the other day, she said, I'll, I'll admit it to you, I'm a, I'm a secret peruser of Franklin social media. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you just seem like you got a lot of good things going on there. And I just like to, to snoop on you a lot just Ooh. to see what's going on. Because, you know, what Franklin is doing, I think a lot of people look at that and say, well, what are they doing and how do we follow that? Sure. And Absolutely. you know that was a nice comment from a friend from high school that, that's now on a select board. Yeah, know, uh, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy and have fun every single day in this role, working with TV, radio, and obviously here, because there is so much happening and it's all good. And the TV charter is to amplify the public good, so that's what our role is to do. So there is, and I and I hope that the you know the board of directors and the you know I hope that same thing you know we can convince a lot of state officials too. That, you know, like, for example, the Franklin Ridge, you know, suburbs aren't totally the problem. You know, there are towns like us that are at 12 percent, still building more. So hopefully people will see us as a leader and continue to build those relationships. So um, it'll be a lot of fun and just very grateful for all of our colleagues for, for having that support. Franklin. Mm -hmm. Do you feel any pressure now working with the guy who's <laughs> setting she some goals? She doesn't want the job. She, <laughs> she's smart. <laughs> she's wise. She's like, I'll be number two and leave all the worst stuff for him. <laughs> you know, Jamie, you're always giving yeah. credit to all of the department heads yeah. and you never take credit for anything. But you know what? It all starts at the top. If we didn't have the support of you, of Amy, you know, we wouldn't be who we are without your support. And I say this all the time. I don't have to say this because you're not my boss, but I still do. And it's how I think of you. Yeah. You are my boss. You are all of our bosses. Yeah. And it starts at the top. You're amazing. They are lucky to have you. And you are not going to go any further than president because I know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. Kudos to you. Congratulations. I do feel like it's very important, you know, Frank, for Franklin to recognize that not only is Jamie a leader, you know, within the organization, but now he'll be a leader really before our state delegation. And Absolutely. I think that really puts Franklin in a, a great position. Yes, it does. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of positions, at the beginning of the year, we've got a boatload of work ahead with the top clerks. <laughs> busiest, we love it. Busiest year that you can have, right? It's great. Great. It's so exciting. You know, I say it all the time. I love elections. We can tell you. I want to thank you. You know, this community is amazing. I was at the council uh, meeting last week, and I put out an SOS for election workers. I can't even tell you how many people have called me, how many people want to join our team. That makes us feel good. Um, They want to come out. They want to help us. They don't even want to be paid half of these people. Um, unfortunately, they do have to be paid, um, but they can certainly donate their pay to the food pantry, to whatever, um, wherever a, um, you... Exactly. There's a number of organizations exactly. in need of Right. Money, so. so donate it if you wish. Um, but yes, I do have to pay you. And, you know, even students at the school, they'll come in and they will work a number of hours just to help us. So the election workers can have a little bit of a break and go enjoy their dinner and their lunch. So, um, so yes, we're all looking forward to the elections. And our very first one is March 5th. Like I was saying, we do have the ballots. We just got the ballots in. Um, I will probably open up the office on Monday for um, in-person voting and absentee voting. The absentee ballots are already being mailed out as we speak. Um, We have in-person early voting starting on February 24th, and that's a Saturday. Um, We're going to start that at 9 a.m., 9 to 1 on that Saturday. And then we're going to continue throughout the week, um, the week of the 26th, 27th, and 28th, You can check my website for the schedule, the times, and we'll also be doing in-person early voting, not only at the high school, but here in the town clerk's office as well. So um, a lot of you will notice when you go in to vote, you do have to declare what ballot that you want if you are an unenrolled voter. Correct. For a primary, you can vote. A lot of people don't even know that they can vote if they're associated with the party. Anybody can come out and vote. Um, if you're an unenrolled, people will know unenrolled as the old independent. Um, so you will have to declare a party which ballot you want, either the Republican, the Democratic, or the Libertarian. You will revert right back to being unenrolled. It does not change your party affiliation um, for the ballot that you choose. Mm-hmm. So you're going to revert right back and... Um, Come September, you'll be doing it again. You will have to choose another party um, because that's the state primary. And then obviously November, everybody just gets the one ballot. So more to come on the future elections. We're focusing on March. and First things first. Exactly. exactly. So what is the date of the primary and what's the early voting? So give, give the listeners like a... Of course. This is the presidential primary, right? So this is the presidential primary. That's right. Um, And early voting starts, as I said, February 24th, a Saturday from 9 to 1. And then we continue all that week, uh, Monday, the 26th, 9 to 3, February 27th, Tuesday, 9 to 3, the 28th, which is a Wednesday. That's our extended hour. So that's 9 to 5. And then Thursday, again, 9 to 3 on the 29th and then March 1st. Friday, 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock up at the high school. And again, 
regular business hours here at the town clerk's office. Okay. So if you're shopping at the big Y and you want to come in and vote, by all means, come on into the car office. Wash, oh, come, that's come right. right. That's right. Car wash. So last day to register to vote is the 24th. That is Saturday. February. Okay. That February 24th. Um, so that is a Saturday. I will be here until five o'clock. So our doors will open from 8 a.m. till five o'clock. Early voting does not start until 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock here, okay? What so, if you're um, overseas or if you have a disability? Great you question. To, so you, you don't want to leave your home or if there's some, some issue? Great question. So the state now does what they're calling accessible voting. So if you're disabled and you can't um, come into the office or to the uh, school to vote, you can certainly vote in the comfort of your home. You can apply for a accessible ballot. You will then be cleared through the state in order to accept this accessible ballot. And then we'll email you the ballot, just like we email the UOCAVIS, which are the um, active military and people who are living outside of the country. We email those ballots as well. Mm -hmm. So those are all done by email. By email. By email, right? Secure. secure. So, oh, very secure. Oh, very secure. Very secure. Yeah. Email. But Multiple emails, emails that, that go email? out. I never heard that before. Yeah. So yeah. does the email come to you or does it go through the Secretary of State? So the email will come to me. They will apply online through the EV, what we call the EV app. And I thought I brought that with me, but no, I was working on it. Um, uh, they apply through the state. It comes in to us through our queue on the very secure state computer, okay? Right now, I have 150 requests, not all accessible voters. Um, and we'll go in every single day and uh, print that queue, get those ballots out. So they apply through the queue. Then I notify the state, which the state knows because it's basically their queue. So they're mm -hmm. in the queue all the time. So they know when someone's um, looking for an accessible ballot. So I will notify the state. They will then notify the voter. Um, and I don't know, honestly, I don't know what they do to verify that the voter is able to get an accessible ballot. I don't know if they, if they just have to sign something that states that they, um, are okay, cleared to receive an accessible ballot, but that's all done through the state. Mm -hmm. The state will send the okay, and um, we have a, um, they have, I should say, the state has hired a uh, company called, um, it's called OmniVote Democracy Live, who will um, issue me a PIN number for these people who are voting online, accessible voters because of a disability. Um, and then I will email them the ballot. They will then complete the ballot. A lot of information, Steve. They will then complete the ballot and forward the ballot to me where I will then secure that into an envelope and um, date stamp it in and put it into the vault for election day counting. Oh, wow. And then it gets counted on election. Correct. Right. Correct. So really you have people voting this way and then also they can do early voting and they can vote on election day and they can also do absentee so, so there's much. a lot of different <laughs> options depending on absolutely yeah. honestly there is no excuse these days yeah. okay right. i get it if you're busy the day of the election but you know you can 
basically vote online if you want to, yeah. if you have some sort of a disability, mm -hmm. um, vote by mail, as you said, vote in person, absentee. This personnel. So somebody is there with regular service or even National Guard, if they're posted overseas, students go and studying abroad. Yeah. Absolutely. are all legitimate pieces. Absolutely. For, why not? So there That's is security right. around that. We've already touched in prior episodes about how the voter registration system is all point-to-point -point network, so it's truly not on the network. Correct. Correct. It's all point-to-point. -point. So Correct. as opposed to some other states may have an online system, we don't. No, we do not. And as I said, I was mentioning the emails going back and forth. These are multiple emails. So we're sending the ballot in one email, the pin in one email. They're sending the request in an email. There's like five emails that go back and forth. Wow. So, you know, if... To your point, it's not really... A threat. It's just simply not. Correct. And I know that this is impossible. You know, wading into places mm -hmm. that people always don't want to hear and hear, but right. you know, at the end of the day, there really is like absolutely no way to really hack those systems. Yeah. And the Secretary of the Commonwealth and other states too, you know, go at great lengths to make sure those things are hardwired in a way that you can't get in. It's just like the Department of Homeland Security or other agencies, there are ways to have those dedicated lines and you know, I think I think we've done a lot of good here in, in all of our tenures mm -hmm. to try to give the public a tremendous amount of faith and trust in, yeah. in the election system here. And, you know, obviously in um, the presidential in 2020 and then the local in 2021 state last year, you know, um, we've made it, I think, and Nancy's made it accessible to virtually anybody, anyhow, any way to vote. And I think you're right. There really is no excuse. You know, we respect people's choice in America. Absolutely. If they don't want to vote, we get it. But if there was ever a year to make sure you really put those dates in your calendar, right? This is this the is year. The year. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, we probably say that every year now. But, <laughs> but, the thing. You but know what? It's, it's a big important. Year. It is important. Yeah. I mean, get out and vote. Yeah. You just not to be hokey, but you look around the world and. I'm sorry, like there's just very few places in the globe where you have this level of voice. Just, right. You just don't. Mm -hmm. And right. and here in you know in the United States, what does it take? 20 minutes? To vote? Yeah. Less than no. 15. I mean it, 10? 10. I mean, you've made right. it so accommodating at the high school gym. Of course, the high school gym was was designed and built to house one election center. Um, Correct, one hundred percent. And we we got rid of the gauntlet. Uh, for those out there that know what the gauntlet is, and you now have a safe and harassment-free zone to walk into the ballot place. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a line either. No, I this know. Usually on board. <laughs> but there really is. I mean, you there basically isn't. walk in. But there's in. so many options now, yeah, and I, I think mean, that's why you know that's true. we'll that's definitely true. have lines. I think. That's true. Um, yeah. In November, you know, we'll probably yeah, have lines, yeah. but there's just so many options these yeah. days, and so then you and now people are so efficient too. So. Well, you are efficient. <laughs> I mean, I think Melissa too, directing traffic to where your line, where your precinct is. Mm -hmm. I've gotten huge compliments about that. Over Correct. The last the extra years, poll pads right? come like, in handy and with you, that. Where are you going? And most people kind of know, right? Yes. I mean, I know where I'm going. Yes. But a lot of people don't, and having that kind of major D kind of you know, kind of go down there, oh, you're all the way down, I think is helping the flow. Mm -hmm. And I think the setup is really good. And um, yes. you know, you're right, the staff really do 
do it. I mean, your, your election and, really do a great job getting people in and out. And it's not just them. It's everybody. Yeah. Honestly, it takes a village, and we yeah. really do have the best village from facilities to the electrician, Jeez. Dave. The police are amazing. DPW, everybody, you. I mean, the council members. Yeah. You know, Tom Mercer comes to every single election, and, you know, he'll – I, I'm going to put him to work, actually, in one of these elections, you know, but he's awesome. You know, Glenn is at every election. Brian, you know, they come and they check on you. And honestly, it's a good feeling to know that it's a everybody cares. Pride in the sense that, like, people are connecting. They're together. We're making decisions, you know, on leadership. And again, like that feeling. Of, and I know you get that feeling. of, uh, And Amy's had it in previous lives like me, you know. There's really an amazing camaraderie of uh, energy in the room in a lot of election seasons, and especially during a presidential, when so many people are coming together in one place, it's almost like church, right? Like yeah. It just makes people feel uplifted that we're moving, you know, a step forward somehow, yeah. right? Absolutely. And I can't think of a better. You yeah. said there was another one in September. Oh, there's the, another there's a, the state primary. Okay, what's September. the deal with that? So again, like this primary, you have your choice of your ballot, Republican or Democrat, and again, you revert right back to being unenrolled if you're an unenrolled voter. Um, so yeah, we'll have one week of in-person early voting as well. Do you want the dates on that? Because I have those, but I think that's a little. It's a little premature. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't worry about that. Good episode. People will listen. Just good to put on your radar, right? If you're listening. Throw it in your calendar. Right? Okay. Put it in your iPhone. Put it in your Google Calendar, whatever you use. All Not right. The dates. Like Nancy, like the pamphlet says, no excuses. There is Sorry. no excuses. So for September, again, that is the state primary, okay? And that will be the first Tuesday in September. So that's September 3rd. Early voting is a full week before that election. So we start August 24th, again, a Saturday, basically the same hours, okay, um, throughout the week. And I will post those as well um, as we get closer to that election. So um, the presidential in yeah. November, now that's two full weeks of early voting. So um, that will be up at the high school again, um, for two full weeks prior to the election, which is November 5th, the early voting will start on October 19th and go all the way through the 1st of November. And why are we doing two weeks of early voting? Isn't it state so law? It, oh, it's absolutely. Every, all of this is state law. All of this is state all law. Um, why do we do two weeks instead of one week for the November election? That's a really good question. Um, yeah, it's the law. It's the law. Last year with the changes when they, because a lot of people may remember the changes had to COVID in terms of arranging, you know, spacing and all that, the absentee ballots. And then the COVID protocols ended. That was by executive order. And then the legislature formalize that so it is state law at this point absolutely and yeah the november election is the two weeks as opposed to the others just the one right right now i want to talk a little bit about um advanced opening and advanced deposit mm -hmm. so what is that you say again the state is allowing us to advance open the ballots to make it easier um and more efficient for us clerks okay 
I don't know if you've noticed when you go in to vote, I'm sure you how you all have. Um, election workers will be standing there with police with a bunch of ballots. Um, those ballots are from absentee voters, from early voters. They have to get into the tabulator somehow, right? And so, only on the day of the election. Only of the day, on the day of the election prior to. So now we have advanced opening and advanced deposit. I have leased a tabulator, thanks to Jamie, um, for the advanced deposit, which is a high-speed tabulator, which produced from LHS, who does our ballots and all of our election equipments, verified by the state. All of this equipment is tested, okay, by us here. So advanced opening we will be doing as we're hosting the the early in-person voting. So when we're up at the high school the week before the presidential primary, you'll see a section where we'll have people that are opening up the ballots, okay? And literally all they're doing is they're opening the ballot, removing, opening the envelope, removing the ballot to separate. And we're inputting the um voter into our system. We're not looking at the ballot. Honestly, we don't care. We have yeah. thousands of voters. Mm -hmm. uh, truly, I don't, I honestly don't care how anybody's voting. So we're not looking, no one is looking at the envelope and saying, oh, so-and-so voted this way. We're literally opening the envelope, putting the ballot face down on the table, okay? Someone's taking that envelope and inputting it into the system. You're making so sure that someone is being marked off as they voted or sent in their absentee so that if they were to come the day of the election. Correct. They're already they were, in the they're system. They're already in the system as having voted. Exactly. So exactly. And every night when we come back from the high school, we're also updating the state system with all of that information as well. So we're putting, so there's two systems. We have to put it into our poll pads, which speak to all of the poll pads. So if somebody were to walk in twice, we would know that that person already voted. Okay. But then we also have to input that information into the state computer that shows that that person already voted. Okay. And then I'll come in the next morning and upload all of that into our poll pads as well. Okay. So all of the information is the same everywhere. So getting back to the advanced opening. So we're opening the ballots, and um, when we're done, we're doing this by precinct. So I'll have three people per precinct opening up these ballots, okay? And then we're putting them in bins, securing these bins with um, the high-level security, um, what do you call those things, tags? But okay. they're, they're not even just the tags. It's they're like really zip tie. With a code. With the number on there, right. And the next day, we'll bring that up here, match the numbers, and to show that those were not tampered with. You can see that those um, bins were closed. They are stored in the vault and then brought back up to the high school the following day to continue with the process, okay? So every day we're doing this up until the election. The weekend prior to the election, which is March 2nd and 3rd, we will be up at the high school. Again, I will have this out there on the website. I will post it everywhere, Steve, with mm -hmm. you, Alan, um, so people are aware of this because we are very transparent, and this is why I do it there, so everybody can see what we're doing. So I'll post this everywhere. 
that weekend, we will be inserting the ballots into the high-speed tabulator. Now, when we first did this in 2020, it took us basically all weekend to insert these ballots. Um, it's a lot of work. And the tabulators, they're great that we have now. They're great but they're really slow. So this high-speed tabulator is going to be super fast. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm hoping that will be done. I know will be done um, by Saturday, August. probably midday. And I know you'll be there with us, Steve, because you always are. At least right? part of it, too. That's right. That's part of the observation. Absolutely. Yeah. So we will be um, inserting those ballots into the tabulator now. The tapes will not be run. Nothing is run on this tabulator until the night of the election. So at eight o'clock, when we are shutting down, is when we will run the tape on the high-speed tabulator to get the totals out of that tape. And then we'll combine them with the totals from the tabulator on election day. So the high-speed tabulator is only for... Ballots that are not that, cast on election. Correct, correct. That tabulator is for in-person early voting, absentee voting, and vote-by-mail ballots. What percentage of the ballots um, do you find are those actually the early voting ballots or the? You know? So hard to tell. Um, last time we had over six thousand ballots that came in alone during early voting. Um, so. That's about a third. It's yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. predicting that we're going to get more okay. this year. Yeah. Okay. People are used to those cards that the state has sent out. So we're seeing a high volume of those coming in as well. So it does help a lot of younger families who are busy, who, you know, have child children responsibilities and, and and they're they're hitting the prime of their careers and they're working late and um I just think that the uh, I think we see the trend too from everything that happened in 2020, you know, I think it does actually enhance voter engagement, right? Like more people do have an opportunity. Um and I think even some who could go on election day, right? Or because of those cards you just mentioned, yeah. people are getting them at home and they're just filling them out. Right. So it's almost like a, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's just obvious. Oh, I'll fill it out, send it in, and then you get the ballot at home, right? And Correct. For even for my family, you know, um, from our grandmother-in-law and stuff, you know, she votes at home because it's just harder to travel out. It doesn't seem hard, but for her to get out with the walker and everything and go all the way up to the the building um, on the other side of town on the school, now the whole family just does it that way because that's just the way it's now become. It's easy. It's easy. And right. it's just a lot of people, those cards that you just mentioned, um, are they going to be out for the primary? Are people getting them now? They're already out. They oh, are. yes, okay. they're already out. And um, we're in putting those and okay. getting ballots ready. And another to card be. comes later in the year, or is it just the so one? So if you opt for all elections, so when you get that card, if you opt for all elections, we will put it into the system that you want a ballot mailed to you for all elections. That prompts the state to not send you out another card. If you Got only it. choose one election, then yes, you will get another card. But if you choose all elections, then that's the only card that you're going to receive. Yeah, that makes sense. It saves money, saves Correct. notification, but the notification is there. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Correct. That's, that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people too, yeah. right? This is a lot of information. So if anybody has any questions, yeah. please reach out to me. Yeah. Now, if you do request a vote by mail ballot, if you do fill out that card um, for all elections, and just to be safe, a lot of people will do this. You know, they may be away, but then they may not. They may want to vote at home, but then they may not. So if you do get a ballot by mail because you requested a ballot by mail and you choose to go into the election to vote instead of completing that ballot, mm -hmm. by all means, do it. Just destroy that ballot and you can certainly come into the election no and vote. With you. Do not bring any ballots to the high school with you. No, we cannot accept the ballots at the high say? school. <laughs> do not <laughs> bring any ballots to the high school. You can bring them here to the town hall and please do. Um, and that's gonna lead me, I'm doing a lot of talking today, sorry. No. <laughs> that's why you're here. Okay, I could that's go on and on, okay. Yeah. But I do have another meeting, no. Um, so we have two drop-off bins here at the town hall, okay? And we also have the US Postal Service and they're wonderful, they really are. Um, but if you're out and about, why pop your mail into the mailbox? Just come here, deposit it into one of our bins. There are two of them, preferably the one um, that is in my office because, you know, it goes right into the office, into a secure, locked bin. And, you know, yeah. you don't have to deal with the weather. It's under the overhang. So the ballot. You have won't... to get out of the car. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You have to park. You have to get out of the car. But you know but what? The space is right there. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a quick thing. And, you know. It makes a whole lot of sense. I don't want to, you know, put something in, in folks' mouths that you know, we can't cash. But really, too, if, if people do drive up to the drive through window, you know, the staff is not going to reject. No. They're going to take the ballot. They never would. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually even the drive through windows in the treasurer's office is in a secure location as well, because that connects to uh, Nancy's vault, which connects to the space in the back uh, where all of the election equipment and ballots and everything are stored. Absolutely. So even if you do drive up to the drive through window, the staff is never going to say no. Right. So just We're an FYI. Get out of the car. Yeah, yeah, just get out of the car. Everybody could yeah. use those additional little steps, yeah. right? <laughs> so just an FYI about the vault. Um, my vault is locked. People from the other departments cannot access my vault. Um, it is locked. So it's locked from my office and it's yeah. locked from the shared vault, okay? Um, and it, no one can access that office. Mm -hmm. So... And there are cameras in there, and no need to worry. Everything is very secure and um, locked up. Yeah. Yes. Nancy, where can everyone get this information that you... Right on my website, um, franklinma.gov, navigate to the town clerk's page, and everything is on there under elections. And, of course, please call me. Call me. Um, my cell phone is out there, and I'm not opposed to getting phone calls anytime um during the day Fully night staffed. till nine o'clock <laughs> weekends everybody's willing to help you know what my phone never goes unanswered right. someone is always there to pick up the phone so please call excellent so a little fun thing to kind of wrap up on elections i thought i know you like music we've talked about music from time to time there is a top 10 song list of songs that made the Billboard Top 10 
about voting. Really? That's yeah. really cool. So number 10, and we won't go all the way through it, but number 10 was, please, Mr. President, hit number 60 in 1975, before some people's time. <laughs> wow. Black Sheep did The Choice Is Yours, which hit number 57 in 1992. You can get with this or you can get with that. <laughs> the Radiance, number seven. Voice, voice Your Choice, number 51 in 1965. James Brown, a classic in 1974, hit number 44. Funky President, people, uh, it's bad. <laughs> that's right. Some of the titles is just like, really? <laughs> Alice Cooper did Elected. In 1972, and it hit 26. Wow. Um, the number one, Arcadia, which is really a subgroup of Duran Duran. Oh, my gosh. Election Day, number six in 1985. Yeah. Is that mm. on the hit chart? It, it, so we'll include the playlist in the show notes as a little bonus if you want to go. Yeah, 10, right? Well, I had 10, <laughs> but I just skipped some. I mean, <laughs> I mean some of would be obscure. W- were there any that. other songs? I don't that... know if I know any of them. I know, right? <laughs> to be honest, I, I recognized a couple of the singers and performers. Yeah, like yeah, Alice Cooper, sure. James yeah. Brown, Duran Duran, but the songs? Um, no, they kind of missed our radar. <laughs> I would have never known that the Black Sheep song, The Choice Is Yours, has anything to do with that. I mean, it's got the catchy phrase in it, but right. I right. it's on yeah. all the car commercials and stuff like that. But, yeah. You know. Well, that's kind of fun. How about that? Yeah, it is kind of fun. Well, so elections, while they're important, both nationally, clearly, yeah. locally, the biggest election, because yeah. that determines our budget on a regular that's basis, right. our privatization. Marilyn Monroe didn't make that list? No, famous, not in the top 10. Her famous, Mr. President? No. Well, that's well, interesting. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> so we got some other little teasers as to what to look forward to. Yeah, quickly, just to close out, looking forward, and um, uh, January 31st is a town council meeting, um, and then February 28th, those are the next two town council meetings. Um, you know, we do appreciate Councilor Cormier-Ledger's uh, pitch to give us all Valentine's Day off, um, so we get a breather And uh, on that um, in February. Um, we have a capital subcommittee meeting on January 31st as well, um, up here in the training room. And then there's a finance committee on February 7th, um, where we'll be going through uh, fiscal policies. And then really the date, um, which is almost, um, you know, on par with uh, Nancy's election calendar on March 6th, um, is when the joint budget subcommittee will meet. And that'll be the first kind of viewing and explanation of the town budget model for FY25. So um, if anybody out there is interested in particularly school finance, um, you know, that'll be a meeting that um, you'll really want to make sure that you put on your calendar. And, um, you know, and now every meeting is accessible, like the elections. There's almost no excuse. Right. Um, you can come in person. You can call by phone. You can just view or comment on Zoom. Um, or you can stream live on YouTube. You can DVR it on Franklin TV. Um, and now there's an archive on YouTube, so you can go back and watch on your viewing pleasure um, if that's your jam. Um, so it's just like elections. We've made it so incredibly accessible. Um, there's really no excuse for anybody to say, I didn't know what was going on. Um, shameless plug continually for our uh, town council agendas email list. Um, just go to the uh, website that Nancy mentioned a minute ago, franklinemmy.gov. Go to connect. 
you can sign up and you can get all the town council uh, agendas straight to your inbox and kind of stay in tune with things. Um, and so uh, we have a lot of ways to connect. And, uh, you know, kind of like Nancy, uh, you know, for Amy and I, you know, January, February through June is kind of our prime season. Uh, mm -hmm. It's our playoff run. Budget season. Uh, you know, it's our budget season. Uh, and, you know, for people that are concerned in, community, in the community about particularly schools um, or any other public service, um, <clears throat> a lot of what we've been talking about for a bunch of years is, is finally matriculating and coming um, to a room. So mm -hmm. um, everybody's really going to need to tune in um, you know, uh, to make sure that they fully understand um, the financial pressures that are on the town this year. So just a few highlights that are coming up. I know the winter's farmer's market's still going on. Yep, every two Over weeks. Fairmont Fruit Farm. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know that the high school, the college, uh, you know, FSPA and all the other arts organizations in town are also doing a tremendous amount of events. Uh, so people can just look on the online calendar and take a look for those. Yeah, I'll put the plug in on the calendar piece in specific because the community calendar clearly is on the Franklin Matters, Franklin.news page, but it's based on the cultural calendar. And I've been noticing... Clearly, it's kind of the post-pandemic. We're coming out. We're getting more comfortable. A lot more uh, businesses, particularly the restaurants, the raillery, uh, even box seats, uh, are starting to add music on various yeah. nights. So this, in addition to the Circle of Friends, the Black Box, uh, the high school and the school department have a bunch of constants coming. Um, but there's more and more things that are happening. So the calendar is getting fuller, which is all good. Because we should be able to get out and about and enjoy yeah. uh, life here in Franklin. Absolutely. And, and your rest, I just want to thank our town clerk for her uh, attending today's session, but more so for her just infectious enthusiasm yeah. um, over elections. <laughs> if you're a Balance. listener out there and you're not excited about 2024, really feel sorry for you. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Nancy really gives a great spirit to going on voting and I think you can feel it um, through the through the microphone and everything and just want to thank her for being our guest. Thank you. Uh, on our first revised format of Talk Brand. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And a final reminder for listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin 